Welcome back, everybody. This is your old pal Josh speaking with Cole. It's cat dead details later, and we're 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 back we're back again with another friggin' episode. Uh, today we're talking about Scream, the new one from 2022. I'm re- I'm really happy with this, like especially because I I, I guess uh, I read when I got home that Scream Six is confirmed. Oh fuck yes. Yeah, and I I'm very happy with the people that are working on this like new generation. It, it, oh, it, it was. It hit all the right right notes. Yeah, with even with the absence of Craven, I think they just did this so much justice. This is written by James Vanderbilt and Gary Busick, which is so close to Gary Busey, and I'd love to see a universe in which Gary Busey wrote some screen movies because I bet you those would be really fun. Um, But the the director's multiple. uh, Matt Bettinelli Olpin, that's one name, and uh, Tyler Gillett. Gillette? Gillette, probably. I doubt it's Gillette. Anyway, never heard of either of them, but they did a fucking awesome job with this movie. I, I, I enjoyed the intro for this one. First girl to not die. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a departure from the last... In Scream 4, they, there's no stab reference, is there? Or no, there is. Yeah. Okay, hold on. The, the fourth is the, the stab within a stab within right. Scream. Right, right, right. Although one of them is within another stab, because stab, the opening to stab seven is stab six. Right. Uh, in any case, this is like the first one since Scream 1996 uh, to not feature a stab reference at the start. And, well, that's actually not true because it's referenced on the phone. But you get the, what I mean. It takes place in the real world of mm-hmm. uh, Wordsboro. Um, she's also the first to not die. One of our main characters, Tara... She's just by herself. I, I actually like that angle. of They, they just let her carry the scene. Mm-hmm. And that, that was actually really nice. I think she was probably, aside from our nostalgic like love of uh, David Arquette and uh, Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox, I think that she was probably the best part of this movie. I guess she doesn't really get a shitload of time. I, I like when someone's able to do a lot in a small amount of screen time. Absolutely. Her, when, so she gets a phone call on a landline. I'm trying to think of a benefit to having that. Line line opposed to just using yourself. Well, any you give that number to anybody that you like just don't want to talk to ever. So then they just call the landline, you keep it on mute, and then you just never worry about it. Yeah, girls at the club can just give the wrong phone number to someone by giving them the right phone that they just don't answer. I, I was thinking more like creditors, but yeah, same 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 same. <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly I'm fairly sure not. I might be incorrect, but in let's just assume it's in the opening sequence when they're on the phone. I'm pretty sure it's Ghostface is asking Tara about films and they mention uh films that are from the 90s and then Tara responds by like oh yeah like I, I don't really like those like everyone had weird hair and then when we finally cut to this new group of kids yeah uh the character wes named for wes craven like they gave him like the 90s yeah. like, like oh yeah we're going to give him like the frosted tips and everything and like they had a few characters that had very like 90s-esque that's true kind of vibes to them and i i i, I like that as a i thought that was fun so, <laughs> in this initial phone call, was it Tara or was it Amber who was talking about, like, what's wrong with, uh, like, New Age horror with, and they listed a bunch of films like The Witch and Hereditary and stuff and like that. Yeah. That was Tara, right? When she was on the phone with Ghostface where she's like, yeah, I don't really like that old stuff. Yeah, she likes the, the more highbrow horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like those are she listed just like so many actually good movies. I, I uh, <laughs> when they were listing that off, I was just 
I could hear your internal monologue of like all very high quality <laughs> selections. Like again, I think it's the fact that they said the witch in Hereditary. I, yeah, I, I could I could hear your smile. I, I do like the conversation the Ghostface and uh, Tara have though with the whole like highbrow versus just like good old fashioned horror. Yeah, like, I, I like I it, it gave a good balance for both ends. Like it, it wasn't uh, plain favorites. Yeah, like it allowed two characters to have like really cool dialogue over it. And it's also it doesn't dive right into like when she gets first gets that call you you can't tell necessarily that it is ghostface it sounds like it could be but the way that they're talking and he even references that he's a friend of her mom's you get the idea that like maybe this is a red herring and this guy's just going to be a normal call they'll hang up and then she'll get another call from ghostface but you get enough time with them going back and forth where even when you realize it's him he hasn't gone full ghost face. Yeah. And uh, that's a nice return to the first film where they really draw out that conversation and then things get sinister. And uh, speaking of red herrings, I... This film got me. I, I was guessing the entire time. Yeah. I, I did not I did not guess the killers both uh, by the end. I was... Yeah. In retrospect, I think there's a couple of things that really point to them, which is actually the case every time. Mm-hmm. Um well, they, they spell it out for you at the end yeah. of this one. Where he's just like, like especially <laughs> I love the like they have David Arquette, like the veteran. It's like, okay, these guys are the killers. And yeah. like, they couldn't be. He's like, yeah, sure. Okay, whatever, kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, also, the fact that this is David Arquette's swan song, he, he went out without skipping a beat. Like, it's oh, been yeah. so long since like he just absolutely crushed it. So many of my favorite moments in this film, not surprisingly, involved him. It was really nice to see him again, and once again, he's now another, like, ten years older from the last time we saw him, and he's not happy, he's not in a good way, he and Gail have obviously split, which is also nice because he and Courtney Cox in real life have split, so it's, I don't even know if that tension actually makes it onto the screen, but that's an interesting dynamic where they were married in reality and through film, which kind of jogs my mind to say that this still maintains its meta uh flavor Mm. but i think it actually pulls it back a little bit i don't think that we have as much of like a overall like umbrella of meta shadowing everything the meta aspects were very around the concept of like the requel the yeah the, the the gentle swap into a new generation of films without getting rid of the old ones and i think the thing that these films do so fucking well is telling you everything that they're doing and still pulling it off in a way that like it's just still fun to watch yeah like that whole scene where you've got i mean we find out that some of tara's friends are uh the niece and nephew of randy um and they happen to also especially one of the mindy uh she is like a super film nerd and goes on this whole uh diatribe it almost they're, they're basically there as an homage to jamie kennedy's character yeah and uh you actually get kind of get that throughout the cast. There are people who have ties to the past all over the place, but they're still their own people. Yeah, like I, I was gonna say, I, I like that we have a new Randy essentially, but she's both a good replacement in like hitting the same beats, but at the same time, like a com- completely different character. Oh like, yeah. Well, you know, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that this isn't 1996 anymore, and like nerds are the cool people now. <laughs> And now, like, if you're not a nerd, you're lame. I just realized that her name is Mindy, which is just like Randy. Fuck, sometimes I just astound myself at how smart I am. Uh, Before we stray too far from the path, 
back to the intro here, a lot of the gore and violence in this film is fantastic. But one of my absolute favorites is after Tara's already been stabbed, like Ghostface is broken into the house. She's there's a sweet scene before he gains access where like she has this like ring doorbell security thing where on her phone where unlocks, locks, unlocks, locks. And we don't know how he's how Ghostface is doing it. Um but it's building that suspense of like he's somehow able to work the magic. Um but after she gets stabbed initially, uh She's on her back, and Ghostface is coming down on her, and she gets her hand up and just takes a blade right through the palm. Number one, classic defensive wound. Love it. And it just looked so good. And there's this... I'm I'm seeing this, like, still in my head of just that shot framed where the knife is in her hand and just the look on her face. It's, it's just so incredible. I think almost every single violence scene in this film was just with the knives. Uh, well, there's a couple of, uh, guns. Yeah, there's definitely a few that you can feel. I think because this one didn't have Wes Craven, the opening scene is, like, really setting the tone of, like, Mm -hmm. are they gonna do this? Wonderful. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Also, uh, another thing I want to mention before we get too far, uh, but just talking about Dewey again, his character arc, now that it's, like, officially, like, a full circle thing, like, it's finished... Going from Dewey in the first film to this moment, like, I, I love that they just did, like, that smooth transition to, like, who he was at the beginning, which is, like, this nerdy dude that, like, still lives at home, no respect for his position, to a version of David Arquette that's, like, seen some stuff. He's like, a retired sheriff, and he's the only guy in town who's been through this before, other than Sheriff Hicks, who has succeeded him as sheriff. Uh, but he's seen it all. He's always been there. Uh, he even has a line... Early on, I think he says, like, something like, have you... Have, someone was saying something, like, that they weren't that worried. It was like, have you been stabbed before? Because it's not fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm butchering that line, and I'm sorry, David. And I'm sorry, everybody. It was just, I, I kept remembering that scene from uh, Scream 2, when he was first revealed that he's got, like, the hobble. Yeah. And he turns around, and, like, he, he's just come so far. Uh, additionally, I, I didn't actually notice it while we were watching. It's something I read afterwards, but... Uh, his sister's ashes mm-hmm. are on the mantle. Yeah. This flew over my head. I never really thought about the fact that his sisters never truly mentioned much. Yeah, like um, ever. Yeah, to the point where I I just forgot that uh, those characters were related. Yeah, and like, you oh, think you think like flaw. I mean like he's just kind of especially in the first few films he's just used as like comedic relief, but also sort of the conscience of the show or the movie, and like he's just a really well-meaning guy. But he's got fucking skin in the game. This like this happened to his sister. And like Sydney at this point is at least somebody that he was able to help not let the same thing happen. Mm-hmm. And together they've been able to thwart all of these baddies over the years. I do like as well, that reminds me, they just like crank the who done it level up like so hard in oh. this and it's ugh. Oh yeah. Because you mentioned Sydney, like uh Dewey's sister was her best friend as well. Yeah. So I never really thought about it too much to the fact that, like, she's just not brought up. Whereas it seems very much like something that you would have thrown a few bits in there for. Yeah, I feel so. like they've been through so much trauma that rather than bring up even more, it's just, like, they share a meaningful look over a glass a glass of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> once once a year, they're like, okay, yeah. it's, it's time. The way that they introduced Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox in this film, uh, I really liked that these kids... Because Dewey, Dewey, I think, is stated to be the only person from, like, the original cast that's still living yeah. in Woodboro. And uh, 
these new kids go to see him to get some like fatherly advice and before he lets them go he's like hey yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll let Sydney and I'll let them know and he calls Sydney and they, like also it's cool because she does like the the turn towards the camera this yeah is, they, they let they let, they let they let the audience really savor the fact like oh, we know her during, he, during this conversation too she drops a little thing that like uh, she's married uh, to Mark okay so the, the cop yeah so they were wondering, yeah, but yeah, from third, yeah. So they, they that, are indeed that cool. happened. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's it is nice to know, uh, but when he goes to message Gail afterwards, he does it in the form of a text. <laughs> oh my god! It was so. <laughs> it was Sorry, so fucking funny. I don't even remember what he said. I was just. It was so funny. He, he's. I think it's like ghost face back. Don't come here. Um, and then he pauses for a second, and then he says. Hope you're doing well. But he does With a smiley face yeah. emoji, and as soon as he sends, he's like, oh, I'm "Stupid! I yeah. shouldn't send a smiley face." <laughs> like his delivery is his his comedic timing is flawless. Oh yeah, it's actually gotten because now that he's not like he is still a comedic relief character, but that's not his sole purpose. So he's he has he carries the the gravitas and maturity of a fifty year old man. Uh, who has seen some shit, but he still can't lose that little bit of wit. Oh, um, and it's, it's just like finely honed at this point where it just drops these things perfectly. And he's not a bumbling idiot anymore. He's just like, yeah, he's just cool as hell. He's the, he's Wyatt Earp. He's this like old weathered sheriff. I think my favorite scene for comedic delivery was when he's meeting up with all these new kids. Uh, and him and Mindy are discussing like characteristics of who who would be the killer. And... He's very straightforward about who he thinks it is. Yeah. So he's just like calling out these kids. Like, it's most likely you, blah, blah, blah. And I think one of them, he, he makes a comment of like, it's probably you and like old man or whatever. To which you're both like, well, maybe you're the killer because that cut yeah. deep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, like, oh, I, I loved that. That was just perfect. Yeah, it's fantastic. So Tara survives her attack. Um, and previous... Previously on the screen, um, while Ghostface has got her on the phone and scaring her and everything, he shows her that he's at her. We're not really clear on what their relationship is. They're either like together or they're just friends. I think I was watching a thing today where in the script they call Amber her girlfriend, but in any case, somebody that she's close with. Um, and the killer at this point is like filming Amber in her own bedroom. Uh, while on the phone and saying, like, if you don't answer these questions, I'm going to murder this girl and blah, 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 blah. Why did I bring that up? Oh, who is it? The It's Wes. Wes is the one who calls Sam. This is just a word salad soup of fucking names. <laughs> Sam, her sister, gets called. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Did, did she work at a bowling alley or is this a gas station? I don't know. Generic building with an overhang where they wear cool uniforms. It, it uniforms might be a combo. Bowling alley and gas. Sam's bowling alley and gas. It could work. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Going on a road trip, you're like, hey, they also have a bowling alley here. Yeah. Knock down a few pins. Yeah, relieve the the pressure of the the sitting all the time. Stretch the body out by tossing a couple rocks. Okay. Okay. Huh. Interesting. There's a weird little dialogue here with Sam and her boyfriend, Richie, where she's asking him whether he's like buying some boner pills or something like that. And he's just like, you're my boner pill. And that, like... Catch you sticky-handed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, not the smoothest line. He, I mean, he, he he does come off as some kind of like loser a little bit, but he at 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 at, at first he's uh he's kind of got like some lovable qualities. Mm-hmm. I also like that she needs to like verse him up on uh, all the Woodsboro stuff on their way into town. Uh, yeah, which is very interesting when you get to the end because he's in on. Yeah, he knows. But um, it, it just like allows them to inject more dialogue just to like juice up the meta aspects of it mm-hmm. um but yeah man like i also just i guess because uh, you already mentioned when uh, like amber is involved in that opening bit having both the killers revealed so early and just yeah the, I, I love the hidden in plain sight thing absolutely so and uh when eventually we get all of the like main cast together like they actually interact and converse with each other which Aside from the first one, like, never happens. Like, most of the other killer tandems um, just... Are they... Is it always a... It's always a tandem, isn't it? Wow. Boy, am I a fucking intelligent man. I I also... Maybe I was thinking of this wrong, but, like, the the timeline with Sheriff Hicks having a son that was Wes's age. Like, did she already have him in the fourth film? I don't recall her ever speaking about him, but I could see her having, like, an eight-year-old kid. Because I was going to say, I guess she was implied to be, like, single. So, she, yeah, she could have had it. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. I guess that just solves itself. It, she must have. Yeah, she must have. Unless she I'm was just, just... going to cut that out. Oh, also, like, that that was actually the, the scene with uh, Sheriff Hicks and Judy? Judy Hicks? Yeah. Uh, and her son, Wes. After, I, I think this is after a fair amount of discussion about there being a killer and stuff. Mm-hmm. That whole segment was also just fun. Uh, where Judy, like leaves the house unless his home alone yeah He's got some groceries i think that there's a few easter eggs in this scene um i know i know that one was on the fridge there's a note re- referencing lemon squares oh nice yeah. um well there uh he like wes is the only character at first who's like taking any of this seriously and is like the most prepared out of any of the kids i'm trying to remember how he dies well so he goes for a shower after, like, I guess he's back from, like, a run or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then his mom leaves. Yeah. So we are back back in a bit. Um, but when she's on the road, she gets a call from Ghostface. Yeah. Like, hey, like, uh, if, you, if you don't get back in time, like, I'm, I'm going to slash your son up. Mm-hmm. But they had, like, that really fun scene when he's out of the shower. They, they do, like, several steps where you think he's about to get slashed. Like, yeah. He'll, he'll tap the mirror, but no one's in it. And then he goes downstairs and he opens up the fridge door. Yeah. And just so it, no one there. yeah so many fakes and I, I think they do three or four before he just opens up the front door and of course Ghostface is already in the house i think that they did the um you mentioned it earlier i'm not sure if that was done in this segment as well that the the whole home security thing being like you know doors unlocked or whatever yeah i like seeing how horror films have been addressing technology because mm-hmm. i remember when cell phones were first like a big thing a lot of horror films their response was just to ignore them like we're just gonna put these kids somewhere where they don't have yes yeah. like you either don't have service or your phone's dead gets or broken yeah um they just needed to remove cell phones from the picture and it is kind of cool that because cell phones are such a big part of our life now or our mobile device whatever we're supposed to call them making them scary right where it's like you you're almost more worried to have it than you are hmm. to uh yeah because there's a gps portion and yeah, like, like, like the whole thing about good horror films is that it's supposed to, you know, leave you with that feeling of unease mm-hmm. when you leave the film and the concept of having that security thing on your phone, if that's exactly how it looks. I'm not sure what these apps are set up like. But now you have another thing to worry about. Yeah. 
<laughs> like if somebody is able to get control of that, like somebody else has access to it and is able to just go beep boop. Yeah, no, I think. Well, I guess if they're in the house, then they can probably there's like a pad or something they can control. To unlock yeah, I think it's got like a like a tablet or something. But I thought that was really cool. Is it Judy or him that go down first? I because th- I think Judy actually gets slashed. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, maybe I, I'm because because he opens the door. So when he have seen his mom? No, because she. Oh. I feel like she gets got right because no, she I'm, does get got first because. While he's waiting for her to come back with the sushi, um, he's like walking around the house and everything. And she's already dead outside. But the way that this happens where they do that fake out several times with the doors closing and um, Judy's running home and just out of the fucking darkness of her front door, uh, Ghostface comes and just like stabs her in the gut. It's just like one of the saddest deaths, um, aside from Dewey, of course. Um but actually, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he got a good end. This one was just really tragic to me. Yeah. And especially because, like, I come from a single-parent household. And you're just inside waiting for fucking mom to come home with some food or whatever. Like, I, I think that actually... I guess it's kind of nice that I'm pretty sure he dies without knowing that she is killed. Because I think, if I'm correct, I, I'm, I'm starting to put it back in my head and I could be wrong. I guess mm-hmm. we'll see when we rewatch it. I feel like he walks toward the door and is given the implication that he's going to open it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he just turns the lock. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, he turns around and then is accosted and then is reaching for the taser. Yeah. Okay, so I think both of them die without knowing that the other one's dead. Thank goodness. Um, But also, Wes's death was brutal because he gets pushed up against the door and Ghostface is driving the knife slowly towards him. Right. Uses the double hand thing and it just gets slowly pressed into his Yeah. And, and Fuck it, yeah! It, it's, it's one of those things too, where like they they didn't go for like the perfectly centered stab. It's not like middle of the face or like center of the chest. It's like the side of his neck, just along an artery. Yeah, yeah. These like all of these kills have, I think they've always had this quality, but uh, especially with the last couple of movies, they just have this sense of realism, and it's always messy and there's there's always like ghostface gets beat up a little bit and gets pushed off but man there's something so fucking menacing about that costume um and that like the specific hunting knife like murder weapon it's so sinister and it just conjures up all these nightmares of fucking home intrusion and just brutality that can be visited upon you in your like most safe state by the people who are closest to you. It's just so fucking scary. Um, but it's just done so effectively. And th- this kill is like very exemplative of... Have I tried to use that word before in this? And like we don't know if that's a word. Anyway, uh, it's a perfect example of that um, realism. Because it's not a dead center fucking right in the throat kind of thing. They, they always manage to do kills that... Uh get a really heavy facial response from me. I'm like, oh, 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 come on, man. Like, no, no. And I think it's it's so brutal because you know that the the victims, like, have time to think. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's never, like, a quick, uh, I think, like, late, mid, mid to late 90s, early 2000s, there's a lot of those scenes where, uh, you know, like, it, it's a back and forth and, like, the knife just goes right between the eyes and it's always, like, a shot on the person's face. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah like, it was I'm, quick. like, Judy gets stabbed then she falls and then Ghostface just in broad daylight on this street just fucking ramming the knife over and over and over and over and it's yeah it's fucking oh so visceral 
I don't condone stabbing people, by the way. I know it sounds like I'm very excited about it and everything. I just think it's done very, very well. I think that kind of goes without saying on the horror film podcast. Yeah. It would be interesting if, like, so, um, Friday the 13th, Josh, what do you think? A little bit too stabby. There's a lot of slashing. Um, can't say I was a big fan of that. The rest of the film, camp looked nice. We didn't watch most of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, about 15 minutes in. Not for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is nice. I don't think what Jason is doing is nice. This Jason character, what's, so what's his problem? <laughs> you know? I mean, he's tall. He's strong. He's pretty obviously, like, moves quickly and quietly. He's got a lot going for him. Dewey and Gale only really get like a, a very little reunion before he ends up going to uh, the hospital with um, Sam and Sam and Richie to get Tara. Uh, he he, re- he really goes out with like the exaggerated hero's death because like they they already think that they got Ghostface. Um, like I can't remember exactly how that whole smackdown goes, but I, I think. Uh, oh, in the hospital? Yeah, Ghostface is like thrown into some sort of glass cabinet. It looks like almost like a high school trophy cabinet. That's what I was yeah. like, wait, like, like, I'm, I'm hoping that I rewatch it and realize that we were just wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so we, we, could, we could be full of bedpans. I have no fucking idea. There's <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of glass in a cabinet. <laughs> just like a bunch of like doctors who are like displaying like their high school baseball trophies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a small town. Yeah, actually, maybe. Yeah, like, yeah, we all went to the same high school. But of course, like Ghostface is just limp, and uh, like they they quickly rush to the elevator, yeah. But like the last second before the doors close, uh, Dewey like gets out, and they're like, "It's fine." Like, what does it matter? It matters to me. I said that wrong. It was bad. They we can get the fuck out of here, and he's like, "No, I, I like I'm gonna make sure this is done right," <clears throat> which I do. I appreciate that in him, and I. It seems to me that this decision that he makes to go off again by his by himself, even with a gun. Um, is it kind of flies in the face of all of the growth and maturity that he's experienced. You know, maybe this is him, like, not like not like a suicide by cop kind of thing, but, you know, like... It felt very walking out into the sunset. Exactly. Which, narratively, doesn't make a ton of sense, but for his character, it's... Thank you for your service, David. Uh, but but that, oh, the, the fact that he gets double stabbed, because he gets stabbed in the gut, and he's still trying to fight back, and then he gets stabbed with a second knife in the spine... And right, like pulled up, and just ooh, oh yeah, he gets like he gets really very gutted. Yeah, they want the audience to know that he's not making a cameo. In the next yeah. Like, <laughs> Speaking of cameos, uh, at some point they're looking at like a YouTube uh, thing, and in the thumbnails on the side, uh, there's an interview with Kirby. Uh, so she obviously survives Scream Four, yeah. Which means that what? No, no, it's just like, like I, I, read I don't remember her surviving Scream Four. Like, I feel like she was left for dead. Yeah. Super dead. So, that's awesome. And that also opens up the door. You said Scream 6 is confirmed. Holy shit, would it be awesome to see Hayden come back as Kirby for a new thing. From what I read, they wanted her in Scream 5, but it didn't work out. Right. I'm I'm hoping that in Scream 6, that'd be really cool. I also wouldn't want them to just, like, shoehorn her in, of course. No, but it sounded like from... From what I was reading, I think it was like they, they really wanted her. Yeah. The game. So it's like it would have been an integrated part. Right. Uh, but because it didn't work out, hopefully in the next film, I think that'd be neat. Um, I think that they also said that there were a few characters that they did a like a sub cameo with by using old lines of dialogue during the party scene at the end of the film. Okay. So you just hear it kind of like amongst the noise. They just interject little lines of, uh, I'm pretty sure Stu's in there. Right. Kirby. That's cool. That's kind of neat. And actually, uh, Ghostface uses the name Charlie at the beginning, which could be a reference to Rory Culkin. Also, uh, Skeet Ulrich is 
appearance was like he he does look older but at the same time like he just that had to have been cgi'd like grand moff tarkin i was wondering if like yeah it was either cgi or good aging mixed with exceptional makeup i think i i'm very i'm I'm like my initial impression was that they for sure like de-aged him with cgi Mm -hmm. that's what i was thinking but it's also kind of cool because uh, even even though there's like a slight a little noticeable difference yeah i I think it kind of works because it's uh that's how he's being perceived in sam's head right right yeah exactly close but not quite but it It, it is like i was like damn like man he looks like the immediately recognizable oh yeah and it's awesome because he's still i mean isn't he still covered in blood like from that night like it's yeah now see okay so scream is especially as it continued its uh series like the plot lines get more and more convoluted and full of weird angles and everything like we see that especially in scream 3 which was the meta that we came to the conclusion that it's so needlessly convoluted because, of course, that's what you do with a third movie. Beautiful. Um, this film has a lot of those little convoluted plot lines, but I thought that it fit pretty well. And, in fact, enough so that it makes Sam seem like she could be one of the killers here because she's got that the Billy blood. And all of the scenes where Skeet shows up are awesome. And the way that she deals with it, bravo. Get out of here, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it might be fun if you kill some teenagers. I mean, that would be that would be a tough thing to grow up with, knowing that your father was a serial killer, um, and knowing that that like blood is in you. Because like I don't know, like BT. I think the BTK killer, like his, uh, this happens actually quite often. But usually, the children of serial killers go ahead and change their names and go to like some weird small town where nobody could possibly know who they are and just like try and forget about it yeah i mean i guess that that would be pretty hard to live down here's a question um this this was this is the first movie in 25 years that i got up to use the washroom in the middle of it um but it was in the scene where tara and Sam are having a conversation about their childhood or whatever. Is it established like they they're not are they just half sisters? Yes. Okay. Um I forgot that you left at that one point. Yeah. Yeah, when you left the theater, it it, it is it was actually kind of funny because like I, I I can't stand people who talk in the theater, so it's like I so desperately wanted to like lean over and be like, all right, here, here's the scoop. Uh, but I think we were in the theater with like maybe six or seven other people. And it like until basically the opening credits started. It was oh, we just so us, and we were so close to having just the theater to ourselves so that we could totally bone down and watch this movie <laughs> in peace. It would have been awesome. Uh, but alas, a couple of fucking other idiots showed up and ruined our special time. <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. I'm glad to, to see people. It was We went to an afternoon showing. It was yeah. like 4.25 or something. I am just so in love with matinees and mayonnaise. Yeah, I saw a chocolate cake recipe the other day that uses mayonnaise. You know, that's I I've heard about the I, <laughs> yeah, I haven't tried it, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna give that a whirl. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, cut me off a slice of that. Yeah, like the the more I think about it, actually, the more like complicated like this film it just it plays out so smooth. It, it felt really simple while I was watching it, but like the more I think about it, like they they had a lot of stuff going on. Like they 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 really did a good job of giving it like the scream layers, mm-hmm. much like a cake. 
not only does this film replicate the party sequence from the first film, but they managed to put it in the same house. Oh my and god! And do a reveal, and I kind of had a slight hunch. Okay. A slight hunch. I didn't want. I I, I wasn't sure. I, I can't take credit for saying that. I called it. Yeah. There was there was something it's about the w- this layout. I was like, is the and then and then I th- I think in my head I was wondering if they were trying to set it up as an Easter egg where it's like it was actually modeled. Yeah, after the house or something like the that. The way the way that the shots are framed, it's not in the same angle they and everything at really first. Well. Yeah. Um, but then as she's watching, uh, the film, the camera kind of moves and aligns. It's like, oh fuck. Yeah, and then like when you finally get that, like, uh, yeah, you guys are in Stu's house, and they're like, Stu who? <laughs> but like, it, it, oh, just like that pan up with the camera and everything. Yeah, it, it was wonderful. I I, I love. I love that reveal. And they also spend a good amount of time here. I loved the screen time and the chemistry and just the the good healthy bits between just Sydney and Gail mm-hmm. at the end here. Just because, especially seeing where they came from. Their relationship has come such a far, such a long way. And, and, and they, they did them justice. And like, they let them stay cool. Mm-hmm. They didn't make them lame for the finale. Like, oh, they, they, they even actually have a couple of moments where I think they almost are perceived as lame by the younger people. And it's like, well, no, like they, they've just been through this way too many times to fuck around. Yeah. And actually this film also has, uh, Sam and Tara and Richie are like, we're going to fucking leave Woodsboro. Like, let's not just be around here. Uh, like awesome, smart, fucking great. You finally, Oh, but the inhaler, where's the inhaler? Oh, and like once you with like the red herrings, like they, they, it's it's intelligent, and the fact that like it is eventually revealed to be uh, R- Richie being one half of these killers, you're like, oh, I should have saw it coming. Yeah, and like because it, it makes so much sense. But like, like they they did a because because yeah, like R- Richie is um, early on in the film. He's like, no, I've never like seen the stab movies. So then he uh, sits down to like watch them on Netflix to try and get in a sense of like what's happening. But as we see him watching, like, he seems, like, pretty well versant in the universe kind of thing. And so, like, his story doesn't quite add up, but it's not so blatant as to make you think, like, oh, well, that's definitely the guy. Like, he could mm-hmm. just be in over his head and totally confused and worried. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. The, this film does such a good... Fuck. It, <laughs> it's able to tread the boards of Scream 1 and to some extent, the other sequels as well, while still maintaining its own freshness. And maybe it could also just be that I'm a sucker for nostalgia and I just love the Screamiverse. So even if you just did a fucking shot-for-shot remake of the first one, I would probably still love it. But this does its own... This this does a... This... It's really good at uh it's really good <laughs> it's it's really good at maintaining its own voice while wearing the skin of the first one you know what i mean and it's just it's, it's just a pleasure that there's so much fucking meat to chew on and talk about and really like uh chad and uh, his girlfriend live yeah uh, i like that like they're at the house party everyone's established they're being safe because there was a killer on the loose so stay close safety in numbers they're making out and then live you know, asks if he wants to move it up to the bedroom. And I like that he's smart. Yeah. And he's like, ah, I don't know. She's like, well, what, what's wrong? He's like, I, I just don't, I don't 
know that you're not the killer. Yeah. She rightfully so kind of also acts pissed because you're in a relationship. Yeah. You should trust me. Trying to be smart. He's like, I mean, like, not a good track record. Hey, guess what? Also, me and my sister watch a lot of horror movies and fucking rule number one. My uncle was the rule guy. And you don't fucking bang when there's a killer around. Yeah, they, they, they made these kids... Kids that were believably, like, influenced by Randy yeah. in their life. Where, like, like you, you get you get the juice. And you know what that actually does? Uh, it saves lives. It like, does. he survives. Yes. And yeah, actually, Mindy, Mindy survi- survives. Yeah. It's awesome. It, like, they, they both get stabbed. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you gotta get stabbed. Just like their uncle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they'll probably die in the next one. But, um, no, it's nice to see, like... Even if you get stabbed a little bit, you're still you're you have the enough of a wherewithal to maintain life afterward. Mm-hmm. Um, Mindy also, there's this cool scene where Amber is going to go down to the basement and grab some more beers, and Mindy's basically saying like, "Hey, you failed a test. Like, you never go down there by yourself." Blah blah blah. And they go, "There's a back and forth, and there's a nice little witty like repartee down in the basement." Um, where they both kind of come at each other and like, how do you know I'm not the killer? Meanwhile, Amber is completely one of the killers. Um, which I will also take a little side tangent here to say Mikey Madison, uh, who plays Amber, who also played Sadie in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, she is so good at being like a scary, crazy lady. Yeah. <laughs> Something about her face is just like, she's a, she's a beautiful woman, but she's very unsettling. <laughs> She sells it, mm-hmm. right? Um, her being in both this film and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I like that she gets lit on fire in both. That, that was just like a nice little, I'm not sure if it's a coincidence or if that was a nice little nod. Was she also wearing a black turtleneck in this one? Or just a black She's shirt? The, the, the ghost face. Oh, right, right, right. right, 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 right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I got a kick out of that when that happened. I was like, ah, it's kind of like... Uh, I wonder if that's going to be like her new like Sean Bean signature, or like always goes out. And... <laughs> I I fucking they tell you what I really hope that I get to see her in more horror movies. Oh no doubt, she's got a face. It's I mean it's not the same face, but um, she's got a face for horror in the same way that like Anya Taylor Joy has a face for horror. Uh, they could be the protagonist or the villain. Yeah, exactly. I, I also really like the the quick switch of her reveal to be one of the killers, which is. Uh, Liv is kind of like the red herring character for she's very unstable. And she also seems like she isn't really good at keeping her cool. So she eventually ends up trying to like defend herself by saying that she could be the killer because no one believes that she yeah. could be. But when she finally gives like that blunt delivery of like, I'm not, uh, Amber is like, oh, I know, and then shoots her. It's like, oh, damn. And that was like another great kill because it just comes, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm. Um, we also have, a, like, a major red herring who, like, he's so obvious that, like, you know that he's not going to be the killer, who is, uh, he had, like, a fling with Liv previously, uh, like, the summer before. Uh, he's just, like, this dirtbag dude with a muscle car. He's, like, Billy from Stranger Things, basically. And he, I mean, he gets very little screen time. He is a menacing kind of, like, dickhole, and then just gets stabbed up. So... <laughs> That's uh, that's him. Cover covered that. How far away did Sam move from Woodsboro? 
Well, it clearly can't be too far because they drove in on a short notice. Yeah, and when Ghostface is talking to Tara in the beginning of this film, he's filming Amber, and we know that that's Richie, who is with Sam wherever. Probably a one-night drive. Yeah, if like if not just like a couple hours. Uh, there's that scene where... Mindy is pulling a Randy while watching the stab version of Randy pulling a Randy, talking to Jamie to look behind her. And it's it's like the fucking, uh, I never know how to pronounce this word, but like the Drost effect where it's um, like you look into a mirror that's facing another mirror and then it just continues on forever. It's the same kind of deal here. And... Uh, intensity of that scene with Ghostface coming up behind her was was very well done. Uh, so we get the uh, uh, the reveal of Amber as one of the killers when she shoots uh, Liv, right? Is that her yeah. name? Uh, which is actually the second Olivia, assuming that's short for Olivia, because the first Olivia was from Scream Four, and she had that wonderful scene where her entire bedroom was coated in blood. Wow, they're yeah, they're really recycling. In a good, 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 good way. Um, so everybody starts freaking out, like, what the fuck did you just do? And then, do people at this point, like, they book it out of that room? Is that how that goes down? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they all like very reasonable. Yeah, I'm not sticking around here. No way. <laughs> like, some people go hiding. I think, does, does Amber, like, take Tara upstairs? Is that... Because yeah, at some point the, she gets a- tied Amber up. ties her in the closet. Yeah. Um, and they also try to trick Sam into thinking that she might be the killer. And they think that they got away with it. Well, and at this point, I actually thought that I she might be. But, of course, you look back at that first scene of she getting, like... She did get stabbed like, a lot. Yeah. And we've, we saw the, the lengths that Emma Roberts was willing to go to to make it look like she was stabbed up. But, like... I don't know. Oh, that knife blade right through the fucking mm-hmm. palm. I don't think I'd want to fake that or do that for a fakery. When Sydney and Gail arrive too, it isn't for. Oh, yeah, I I I love that sequence. I, I actually forgot about that until right now. But uh, Amber intentionally goes out front to try to trick them, and she's like, "Oh my god, like the killer's in here." They they just don't buy it for a second. Yeah, like they've seen this so many times. Like. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that was fantastic. And then Sid just like going in and just like every closed door just shooting through it. There's like that sequence of uh Gail and Sydney just kinda like messing Amber up and they, they like very politely. I'm pretty sure Gail asks like Sydney first, like, Oh, like would would you like to do the honors of killing this young man? Yeah, yeah. She's like, Nah, you know, this one's <laughs> yeah. all yours. I've yeah. I've had plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the outro for these two killers because so first off we have it, it looks like Amber gets got in the kitchen. It's nice. It's they put a little bow on it, uh, and then Richie and Sam are out in the the main foyer. And I like this final kill where Sam sees Billy in the mirror, and he's like, just cheekily like looking down at the knife, like I know, might be cool, you know. Um, and she has a little line or something like like don't pick a fight with a serial killer's kid or something like that. Yeah, she she adds it to the new list of rules. Oh yeah. And, and yeah, she like she stabs him silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's very similar to the opening scene actually. He's definitely dead, but they still do like that one last scare with Amber running out of the kitchen. Yeah, and she's like just burnt. Yeah, Which, once again, like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 
Well, she just keeps getting up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that was a nice little mirror. Yeah. Um, and she gets shot to yeah. death, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I think that this one ends the same as the first, basically, with like a news reporter. Like, yeah, I would I would entry. go one, one, four, five, two, three. Um, and I think I do almost the same, but I go three, two. Wow. Actually, I love how ridiculous three is. Yeah, three, I mean, three is so I, ridiculous. I, I think that the, the most points I would dock is Gail's bangs, but it's become Man, such like, it a, is. a part of the, the scream culture making fun of these bangs. And like, even apparently, there was an Easter egg that I missed in this film about that where Gail on the TV in the background says, like, like if I ever like get try bangs again, like somebody, yeah, me, or like, yeah, she does. And it is, I was looking back at that, and that's just such a god awful haircut, but it is so. Of the time and of I don't they, like poof, everyone had weird hair in the nineties. Yeah, but I guess that was like what early two thousands. I don't know. Yeah, because I think Sid starts with uh, bangs in the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I would. I'll give this one eighty seven then, because cool. uh, yeah, it's it's fucking awesome. It's, it's it feels like Scream. That, that that's the most important thing. I'm I'm glad that it felt like a Scream movie. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with an eighty five. Yeah, nice. Ghostface just like also reinforced. It's he like that is my favorite uh, slasher killer, even though it's a different person or different people every time. There's something about, and it it has to do, I'm sure, like with the meta nature of the series. But even if you're like a slight little teenage girl, something about putting the costume on makes you almost superhuman. And uh, I like that aspect. Yeah, you you just need that uh, psychopath like can do attitude, and mm-hmm. anyone can be Ghostface. Absolutely. Um, so there's a good message with this. I, I was actually thinking about that the last time because I mean the next time you see Ghostface in a wheelchair, though, like the, it's gonna be pretty <laughs> obvious. <laughs> Guys, it could be any one of us. <laughs> um, I was thinking about it quite a bit though because you mentioned to me. When we left the theater, like, okay, I think I'm going to solidify, like, Ghostface as my favorite slasher. Yeah. And I was thinking about it, and I, I think I might actually double down on that. Because I, I had the same thought about, like, it's a different person every time. And I, I actually think that's my favorite angle as far as the excuse for the recurrence. I think I usually go to Mike Myers. Michael Myers is definitely... <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, you honey, baby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Michael Myers is a, a strong number two because he's just so menacing and evil. Yeah. So I, I'm not solidified yet. I'm I'm I'm, I'm currently uh, teeter tottering in my head between Michael Myers, which is that's a fun picture. I actually, I'm not gonna paint it. But Michael Myers and Ghostface on a teeter totter. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the funny thing too is because they're wearing the masks. There's no facial expression. Yeah. <laughs> um, when it comes to slashers, I kind of like the absence. Of the supernatural element, yeah, I love Freddy and Jason. Don't get me wrong, like um, sure, you know Leatherface. Like they, they, they're all, I guess Leatherface goes into the camp of no, no supernatural. It's just a the chainsaw really is menacing. Yeah, um, but yeah, Ghostface and Mike, I, I like that they they don't overcompensate. They well, I mean, knife, you know, Michael Myers is like he's not necessarily supernatural, but he survived some pretty heinous shit. Which I guess like some of the Ghostface killers have still to. a slasher, right? And like that's yeah. where I think the the case for Ghostface is so intriguing with the fact that it's a different person. It's it's the most believable, um, in terms of a situation where like this pe- this person or killer keeps coming back because it's always a copycat and it yeah. inspires such a legacy that's just it's got the snowball effect of like 
the more times someone is Ghostface, the more likely someone will be Ghostface in the future. Totally. And, I mean, by that token, too, Michael Myers just being a purely evil son of a bitch who's just, like, a, 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 hell, a, a monster hell-bent on killing. Like, that's pretty awesome. And I, I actually really like the Rob Zombie treatment of that character. Like, the, yeah. the most recent... I haven't seen the most recent Halloween, but... Uh, which I heard was actually kind of a steaming pile of shit, but huh. the the others, uh, especially his first foray into re- like rebooting it, fucking awesome. That was uh, I think that dude was the biggest person to play Michael Myers in the the first Rob Zombie one, and uh, yeah, he's like six foot eight or something. I ridiculous. think that's just such a good move. Oh yeah, man! Like, God, <laughs> can you imagine? Like, it's so menacing. Yeah. Um. With Mike, like he doesn't even need the knife. It's like a, it's like an insurance policy that he carries around. Oh yeah, he kit. could, ju- he could just, he's like the mountain. He could just ober on everybody, yeah. and that would be it. I would actually love to see a slasher that's not a slasher. It's just like a killer that, like, he's just a big dude, and just like every single kill is. <laughs> 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 it's it's the horror uh, adaptation of the kids in the hall sketch. Like I am, I am squishing <laughs> yeah, your exactly. face. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just picturing it being like a. It'd have to be a horror comedy. Yeah, where it'd almost just like loop the same footage. Like every time, like he just grabs someone's head, and then it's just the same uh, imagery of like a dummy getting slammed against a wall, even if there's no wall present. <laughs> I'm just picturing like a fucking watermelon that's painted to look like someone's face that just gets crushed. Yeah, I, I was picturing a more low budget uh, effects from uh, the film Scanners. Oh, where, yeah. I, I, th- I think yeah. that was like a, the dummy head was like filled with dog food, and then like a bunch of other. Like syrups and stuff. I think it looked awesome. It looked amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, though, that that this is officially at this point in time, we we, we are done with the Scream franchise for now. for now. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for listening with us. And if you'd like to reach us, you can do so at cddlpod at gmail You can also reach us at cddlpod on Instagram. There's a lot of there, there's there's some really cool graphics up there. Check them out. Let, let us know if we should start a Twitter too, because I, 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 we could do that. It's just like it's all noise on there anyway, and like, would it, would you really, would you really care? <laughs> uh, have a magical night. I'll know if you don't. Goodbye.